All right, well, thanks for watching us here at Theology on Air. Theology on Air is our our weekly podcast that's an outgrowth of Theology on Tap, a bi-monthly ministry. I never get that right. Does that, does that mean <laughs> Every other month? month. Every other month ministry uh, rooted around craft beer, interesting conversations. So if you like theology, I don't know, ethical questions, social, political issues, and you like beer, then you should come to our events. We have one December 14th, in fact, coming up right down the hall from where we're at right now. So we put that out as an invitation to you. Go to HoustonTOT to learn more, HoustonTOT.com, I should say, HoustonTOT.com to learn more about our events and about us and uh, check us out. We have a podcast, YouTube channel, all that good stuff. I'm Evan McClanahan. I'm the pastor at First Lutheran here in Houston. Sarah always introduces me as the senior pastor, yeah, but I'm the only the one. I'm the only one. So, so you are the senior so, pastor. So anyway, so I'll, I'll introduce myself as the pastor. But anyway, glad to be here at First Lutheran. And Sarah, as previously mentioned, the Grand Pulav hey. Theology on Tap. Uh, she is at Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church, where she is the outreach coordinator. So you can find her there. For young adults. For young adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I thought you coordinated everything. There. All outreach is there in my grasp. Yeah. No. And um, Mac. Okay, Mac, I just I just joked that I, I, I didn't remember your last name. I'm so embarrassed. So Gervais. In, Gervais. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh. say, tell, us where, tell us where you go to, where you, where you serve as pastor, et cetera. Yeah. So I'm Mac Gervais. I am the lead Pastor <laughs> lead pastor at City West Church, which is a brand new church plant meeting in West Houston, actually in City Center. We meet on top of Grimaldi's Pizza in an office co-working space. And so, wouldn't it be funny if it didn't have an office space? You were just on the rooftop. Yeah, I know, right? Shouting just like up there with AC while people units, are getting pizza. Yeah, having a good time. No. If you were on a roof and it's flat, it would be necessary to have a parapet, parapet. to yeah. to keep. Everyone He's trying safe. to tie us back to an Old Testament thing uh, that we did. Yeah, exactly. I see. I continue, see. continue. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, we launched back in September, and so that's kind of that's kind of what I do most of the time: church planting, reaching um, people in West Houston. Um, you know, one. You mean everybody there isn't already Christian? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> so no. even even in Houston, even in the Bible, are we even, even in the Bible Belt? Are we, we too low? To we be in are, the but Belt? it's like we're a city. Yeah, so that's different, the, yeah. right? Gotcha, gotcha. So there's still work to do to, there's to reach. A, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. And yeah. so uh, that's that's what we're doing. And does your church smell like pizza dough all the time? No. Um, the office, uh, if they did, they wouldn't get businesses to work oh, in there all okay. the time. So, uh, yeah, well, I don't no, know. That might be a selling point. No, we're, we're in there We're in there with, uh, with with various business. I mean, like there's like oil and gas people and uh, some, some midsize and kind of startups. It's kind of a wide range of people cool. from Ethos Energy to... Podcasters, you know, uh, oh. hanging out in there. So that's who I get to hang out with on a day to day basis, and and uh, sh- you know, share the love of Jesus with, as well as everybody in in City Center and the surrounding area. It's very cool. cool. What's y'all's church website? Uh, Citywest.church. All right, so check them out, people. Check them out, especially if you're on the west side. West, side. and you don't love Jesus. I almost yet. did I mean, that, and I'm like, that'll be so dorky. <laughs> I, I am also it. on the west side, no, but you oh know, gosh. I grew up there, so I've been <laughs> I've been doing that since uh, as long as I can. I, I'm on the east side. Oh. Yeah, wanna, and you said it's so that gangster. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so options, options for y'all. Okay. So this is our monthly around the blackboard, blackboard behind us. Uh, this is our headline driven, where where we're not bound to a guest or the parameters of a debate. We get to just talk about the things that are burning red hot in the world right now. Um, and so, Sarah, why don't you start us off? There is a an interesting case going on in our beloved Finland. Our beloved... You know how much we love Finland. I mean, 
I feel like we say it all the time. Well, I mean. No. So this is an article that came to me recently that is not about America, but I think it has implications for things that we see going on here. It's a case in Finland against a couple of pastors um, for hate speech. Um, It's in case with global implications. Finland puts Christians on trial for their faith. I'm I'm sure I'm going to massacre these names, but Huhana Pohola, I don't know if that's how you say it. It's Finnish. Um, But um, is being, well, he's sort of in talks with police for uh, various kinds of hate speech. Um, It says uh, he and this other guy, their alleged crimes in a country that claims to guarantee freedom of speech and religion include tweeting a picture of a Bible verse. So y'all be careful tweeting those Bible verses. Uh, Rasanen and Pohola are being charged with hate speech for respectively writing and publishing. So, so it's not just tweeting. They also have written some stuff that, and this is what we're going to get into. A 24 page 2004 booklet. So this is all retroactive, which is also kind of scary. That explains basic Christian theology about sex and marriage, which reserves sex exclusively for within marriage, which can only consist of one man and one woman for life. So the traditional view of marriage is what they're claiming in this book that they wrote. Um, the Finnish prosecutor claims centuries-old Christian teachings about sex, quote, incite hatred and violate legal preferences for government-privileged identity groups. So the LGBTQ community. Um It goes on to say that the interrogation police treated Christian beliefs as thought crimes, which is fascinating to me. Um, And then in one of their statements, they noted that the police publicly admitted their interpretation of Finland's law would make publishing the Bible a hate crime. Hmm. Uh, You can go on and you can read more about, I mean, we actually should post these in the show notes. If I were fancy, I could do it live. Maybe I will. But um, I just think this is a fascinating idea about this idea of hate speech. I mean, we use that term all the time, like, oh, that's hate speech. That was so hateful or that was so harmful. Or it was dangerous. And yet now it's something like Bible verses. Now, I mean, what kind of started this was they took a traditional stance on marriage and that's slightly more controversial, but now they're saying even publishing the Bible could be hate speech. So of course it makes me wonder, how do we define hate speech? What is free speech? Because this is in Finland, but we're already having these conversations here too. I mean, nobody has been arrested that I know of about it, but um, I was thinking about this idea of freedom of speech. We're kind of moving toward this idea where it's freedom from speech. Like if you say something that I don't like um, or goes against me, I can now call that hate speech. And I was thinking like, I'm not part of the LGBTQ community, but I'm sure that there are people in theology world that think I am in sin for being, say, a woman in ministry or pick a sin. I have a long list, I'm sure, being selfish or being too loud in the mic. I don't know. But if people started saying such things and pointing to the Bible as reference for that, I don't think that's hate speech, even if I disagree with it, right? There's a difference between disagreeing with something. Also makes me wonder, why just the Bible? Why not the Quran or the Book of Mormon or a million other, you know, the Vedas or something like because Christians don't fight back. That's the short answer. Okay, we're, we're pretty easy targets, and it's not just Finland, of course. I mean, I there was a a friend of mine who was on a I interviewed on a previous iteration of this podcast, and he and a friend of his were street preachers, and he, at least one of them was arrested in England, and for hate speech for the same issue, basically same text. I'm sure. First Corinthians six, I'm certain. Or Romans uh, one. Or yeah. Romans one, yeah. yeah. So um, basically, um, and he had to go back to England to defend himself. Now he was found not guilty, um, but yeah, I think I think the question would be if someone did go to a street in America and essentially quote, uh, tell tell people that there is a group of people uh, that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, 
first of all, is that even hate speech? I mean, is that hate speech in any meaningful sense? Uh, but then um, I just want to know where are all the uh, idolaters, uh, you know, accusing Christians of hate speech, right? It's only one issue. Yeah. It's only ever one issue. So, um, but anyway. <laughs> well, we actually, they, yeah. they do go into, in the article, they talk about soteriology. So the ideas around what saves you, how does salvation work? And they talk about how there's different ideas about how you interpret the Bible, about how that works, and that that's even being called into question so that you can't have sort of the pluralistic idea of different, well, different ideas being discussed and then figuring out what the Bible does say about such things. And so it's actually not just the LGBTQ Thing, but yeah. that's kind of what teed it off, you know? Definitely. And I think that as you take a step back and just look at the overall direction that Western society has been heading, um, you know, these ideas have been percolating for decades and th they're manifesting themselves right now on this particular issue. But I think probably one of the more, uh, I, I, I I guess things that we should take pause and think about is to what extent, especially since at least one of these things was something that's retroactively being mm -hmm. being applied, to what extent uh, should we be so gung-ho about that if in 10 years something that we hold you know, as commonplace ideas today move out of favor right. of the cultural, you know, um, you know, discourse. And, and now you find yourself on the receiving end of, of that. And so it's always something that I think uh, we should take great pause in. And ultimately, I, I, I think this always comes back to me, just what is hate speech? Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> and what is, would be actually hate speech, do you think? <laughs> show me the show me the man, and I'll show you the hate speech. Like I think that's the problem. It's like, well, to one person's trash is another man's treasure. So, you know, that doesn't is really it, apply. Is but. what makes it hateful how I feel when it's said, no. or is it inherently right? You know, flawed, corrupted uh, speech. But but even if it's flawed and corrupted, it's oh. So if somebody says something I think is absolutely false. I think they have the freedom to say it. To me, I think maybe the dividing line would be something like, is it inciting violence? Is it telling someone to go out and kill all the fill in the blank? Whether it's Jews back in you know Nazi Germany where they were using propaganda to convince people that Jews were less than human. Is it something racist? Is it, I mean, if, if it's inciting violence, I think we maybe have turned that corner. Sure. Because you could say an untrue thing all day long and it's not hateful. So I guess then where I would come from it is let's, uh, further define what we mean by insight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, the is you know if if somebody reads, you know, I, you know, I, I'll take it out of this context. You know, like sports fans. You know, somebody's mm -hmm. like, I'm a diehard, you know, UT yeah. fan versus AM and they go to you know beat UT yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is, and then somebody goes off and does something. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, violent yeah. and nefarious towards somebody on the other side. Like, would we say that? <laughs> the chanting of whatever incited that person to do something violent. Well, like the, the Alabama fan that poisoned these like hundred year old oak trees on Auburn's campus or something oh, like yeah. that. You know, okay. I mean that that was harming a tree, but right. you know, um, it's destruction of property still. But no, yeah, I, I think the problem if you have a category of hate speech at all, then it then your political you can simply label your political opponents as having used it, whether I mean the, the, to even open the door of having it, I think is problematic. For for example, I, I think hate crimes are also problematic for the same reason. Um, I think 
as has been said, all crimes, in essence, are hate crimes. Mm, mm -hmm. And to have these special categories of crimes, um, I think it, it kind of makes some sense. And it, I think it kind of makes it feel better. And I'm certainly not justifying you know, white supremacist crime or something like that. But um, one can imagine maybe a few, few years removed from this where what if they look, what if, for example, a January 6th event happens again? And the government in charge wants to make an example of people like that and everyone associated who did that. Again, not justifying it, but what if they just wanted to add another label onto it that would grant them another 10 years in federal prison? Well, let's just add hate crime to the list. I mean, how can they possibly defend themselves against that? So I, I think all these categories are, are um, I mean, something like what's happening to this pastor is inevitable once you have a category like hate speech, because he essentially is a political enemy. He is... It's not that what he's saying is hateful. Everyone knows that he's not. In, in, in no manner of his life is he is he is he hateful toward anyone. That's that's that no one can point to any example in his life where he's Acted actually hate. been yeah. hateful. Um, but now there is a category by which you can get him. You can get your political opponent because he is he is the last person standing between a a well. But well, but between the, what the LGBTQ community wants and insists on, and and it getting actually implemented. So going back to the hate crime thing, are you saying instead of referring to it as hate crime, it's just crime, right? Like if you commit a crime against somebody and it, you actually harm them, that's the issue. We don't need to put the word hate in front of it. Is that kind of the yeah idea there? Because obviously, yeah. if you hurt somebody, that's pretty hateful. <laughs> yeah, whether you if feel you, it or you, not. If you have a separate category, it empowers one's political enemies of, of any of either side mm -hmm. of the aisle, um, and um, it, it t for for so that people can kind of create. I mean, if you look at, for example, what's going on, all the debates right now going on around cash bail. Right, what went on in Waukesha and Rittenhouse, yeah. just to pr bring those two things in. People are debating the merits of cash bail, the merit of self-defense. Um, all those issues kind of tie into the way a prosecutor or a prosecutor, a prosecutorial worldview kind of shapes the society. Right? Yeah. Like, are we going to prosecute drug possession? No, 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 we're not going to do that. Are we going to prosecute uh, shoplifting up to $950? No, that's just a misdemeanor in San Francisco, and now we see what's happening. Right? Yeah. We've, we've stopped, we stopped legislating or prosecuting a small crime. Now it's totally out of control. Um, so, so I think there's a whole like, worldview that's behind prosecutor, tor, tor, prosecutorial choice. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I was going to get out one of these days. And, and so that's the danger is that I don't want to empower prosecutors with any more weapon of subjective, subjective. Well, that's the key word. Yes. Application. Yeah. Okay. So, because again, because one person's <clears throat> murder is another person's self-defense. You know, one person's hate speech is another man's honest proclamation. So to go back to this idea of free, spe free speech and hate speech, um, apparently on a lot of college campuses, now they have like speech codes. Mm hmm and I don't I didn't go and research different speech codes, but it is interesting that now we've sort of legal we've put some legal terms on something that it's scary because, right. you know, it's it used to be, I mean, kind of the deal with America, right? This pluralistic democratic society is that we can have disagreement. I mean, it's the last phrase in our little tagline, disagree as needed. We in fact invite people on that we want to disagree with right. charitably and like actually maybe have our minds changed. Yeah, I think it's the idea that you see that uh, that speech is assault, you know, um, mm -hmm. and and I think that's where this becomes particularly concerning or something that we 
we really need to delve into as a society and even within theological circles as to um, is this a hill worth dialing on and you know mm-hmm. uh, you know um, it, when it comes to hate hate crimes and things like that you know somebody sees somebody who is a minority that they don't like they beat them um, as it the when we're going into the assault that takes place, does it really matter what their intention was when they did it? Hmm. Um, it should be straightforward, at least in my viewpoint of things. Like w- what my motivation was for why I assaulted you um, uh, only matters to the extent that we know that it's premeditated, you know? Sure, it doesn't yeah, affect but, the right or wrong. But, right, it? but I mean, like, it's not like... Uh, if it turns out that you didn't have some kind of prejudice in your heart, that that's a lesser crime. Yeah, good it is, point. It is the same crime. Right. You've still done a wrong You've thing. You've done a wrong thing, and there yeah. is a penalty in the law. And, and at least from a civil rights perspective, I always, as a kid, uh, was understanding it that, you know, the issue was initially um, for African Americans that uh, there were crimes on the books that weren't being applied equally right. Right. You know, in punishment. Um, I think what I always understood what we were asking for was for you to apply the rules mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. I didn't need necessarily a separate category. Um, that was the problem in the first place. We were already counted as separate. So yeah, that's what really I want is if said person does something against me, for them to go to jail the same way I would right. if, if, I, if I did it towards them. But now we've we've kind of somewhat sidestepped that issue and moved into you know, hate crime. And inevitably, as uh, as the Western society, once we, I do agree with Evan, once we introduce that idea, then hate speech for the Bible, which is what people said 40 years ago would happen. Um, hmm. You know, like all of a sudden you, you find countries and places where that's that's a real thing. And uh, I, I think that that's, that's, that flows from, we still aren't seeing people um, as made in God's image the way that we should. You yeah. know? Um, and so with this That's perverted good. view of humanity, it leads to further division down the line. Yeah. I'd say, too, when people say hate speech, I would say, well, by what standard? Right? Yeah. Because yeah. hate is a subjective term, um, and it, it's not universally applied. I mean, I could hmm. say, I, I could be like, well, what do abortionists, why do they hate little babies so much? You know, mm-hmm. like, well, they would say, I don't hate them. They're just not human yet. Or they don't, you know, the right. mother doesn't want them. They have all these excuses for it. So it's all very subjective. Um, and I think this is where the church, and this is kind of gets back to kind of like how you do apologetics. And I think how we defend our, I'm sure how you probably plant a church these days is the is the I think the church needs to get over the fact that the world is just this neutral territory out there mm. and 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 you know like if we just kind of present our ideas like it, everyone else has a blank slate but we have a way we think things ought to go no like people outside of the church the secular world are not neutral they are hostile to the message that we have um and so you know we we have to I think a little you know go on the offensive a little bit I think these are opportunities actually for us to kind of point out the fact that the secular world isn't neutral toward the church. Like, that isn't the trajectory. That isn't—humanism does not—there is not going to be a neutral, uh, even playing field in the future. Like, they want to dominate the church. The church stands in the way, right? right. This is why the French Revolution, they killed the priests first. This is why—this mm-hmm. the this is how the Nazis took over with the German Christians, 
uh, which were essentially co-opted Lutherans. Um, and it is you know, example after example, you either co-opt or you kill the priests and the pastors yeah. because they stand in the way of what you want to do. Hmm. Yeah, so. I think it's fascinating that the idea of printing the Bible in and of itself, um, which yeah. I think, for one, affirms the idea that the world is not neutral towards mm. the, mm-hmm. the, the Bible and its central message. Um, and that, you know, these pastors uh, have found themselves like, we're going to take a stand here. But I do mm-hmm. think that uh, there's a inward reflection as Christians as to, you know, do I really believe this? And yeah. if it's true, mm-hmm. you right. know, how, how do I, what, what sacrifices am I willing to make yeah. going forward as uh, the traditional <laughs> historical uh, theological views um, on a wide range of issues fall out of favor of the mainstream society. Well, and so interesting that um, I, I agree that the world is not neutral, but it's not just that Christians need to go on the offensive because like we know that we're right. It's also that we want to help people that yeah, are but, dying yeah, yeah. and don't have hope. Um, and this so, is why we have Sarah. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, she, she, yeah. Well, it, it's, it is the idea of the Bible not being able to be published, the the tragedy of that is not that like my view can't be out there. It's that the saving hope, mm-hmm. the medicine that the world needs can't be out there. And so that I think becomes the passion behind it, which is so ironic because they're calling it hurtful or harmful. I've, I find right. these words being said all the time. They've been said sort of against theology on tap and theology on air sometimes that, you know, if we represent a, a viewpoint that disagrees with somebody that that's harmful. And I want to say, is it harmful or is it hurt? Does, did it hurt you? Because people say things that hurt me all the time. Sure. That doesn't mean that, I mean, and maybe there's, you know, some idea about emotional harm, but but the Bible is helpful. It's hopeful. It's not there to harm. It's there to right. say what you're doing right now doesn't work, but here's something that does work. Yeah. Anyway. No, I so. agree. A great quote from the article that goes with that is, uh, the question here is about the core of Christian faith, how a person gets saved into unity with God mm-hmm. and into everlasting life. Uh, through the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus. Therefore, it is crucial to also talk about the nature of sin. And, you know, that's... You said sin, guys. You mean you can't have gospel without law or Uh, grace without sin? I mean, you know, uh, it's... But it it is fundamental to the discussion. Let me just say two things to end this um, topic, if I could quickly. This is very... I'll allow it. It reminds me of uh, Finkenwalde, right? He built this network. That was Bonhoeffer's underground seminary Mm -hmm. that he could have for two years. Um, I think churches probably need to start thinking because of our ATS accreditation, because of, you know, FAFSA and federal student loan apps and all the ways that our seminaries even are tied into the federal government. I think we need to start thinking about underground networks, unofficial networks, um, un- unofficial teaching networks and locations where people can meet because that could be in the future. And the second thing is... That's cheery. Thank you. Yeah. The yeah. second <laughs> thing is... Um, the second thing is, if if this guy is arrested, I think every pastor in America should preach on First Corinthians six that weekend. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Well, that is. I something. mean, everyone but me, Mac. Mac should do it. Oh okay. my gosh! <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I, I mean, I, I, I preach on it on all its beauty, right? And like, yeah. and like, call out the idolaters, right? yeah, because like, there's a whole list in there, right? right. Okay, it's not just. Including like people that isn't uh, that the list that includes people that are like disrespectful to their parents. Like one of those lists, it's like all these terrible things and being rude to your mom yeah, right, <laughs> is yeah. in there. You're like, whoa, if my son is listening. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. 
<laughs> Jokes. We we talked about that for a while, so the next one is is mine. But I I just I want to just kind of as a, as a as a placeholder almost just mention the the Dave Chappelle stuff, right? So and kind of what has happened with Dave Chappelle. So if you don't know, Dave Chappelle had a comedy series of comedy specials and. Netflix, and he, he went after the alphabet community, LGBTQ, et cetera. And the last one in particular got so That's much That's his blowback. term, by the way. That's not, I mean, oh, lots of people okay. use that, but he used that in the special. I, you're okay. not just being <laughs> Thank you. snarky. No, Maybe you are, I don't snarky. know. Okay. No, you're right. Thank you for... <laughs> Trying to save you over here. Okay. Yes, thank you. Yes. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, the, the, the interesting thing about kind of the whole Dave Chappelle thing is that a lot of conservatives were like, aha, we have our hero. You know, like we have a guy who's now, you know, like who's championing free speech in the wake of the um, the the comeback he's getting or the the pushback or whatever from the LGBTQ community. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it all kind of was all for nothing. Right. I mean, it was like a few people at Netflix that like ended up getting fired and they walked out and it kind of ended up being not a very big deal, if I can say that. You I mean, can say that. I'll allow it. It's free speech here okay, at the okay. Aussie on Air. <laughs> I mean, but really, it was like everyone had something to say, but like nothing much came of it. But um, wait, before we move on from that, yeah. somebody on Facebook uh, asked the question, what's your thought on how words speak life or death? That's a passage in the Bible that talks about the power of life and death is in the tongue. It can also mm. often be misused for like manifesting or you know putting your destiny gotcha. out there. Yeah. But but that there is power in the tongue. Maybe it's James. Maybe it's Psalms. I can't remember. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. both. Yeah. Definitely James. It's a like cool. a, it's like a rudder and you know. Sets oh the right right right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. No, that's true. We, we should be kind with our language. Like we should be loving and compassionate and also speak the truth. Yeah, and sometimes the truth, other people think is harmful. I mean, that's this. Pastor's yeah. defense, right? Uh, what is it? First Peter, always be ready to have a ready mm-hmm. defense, mm-hmm. but this do with gentleness and, and respect. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's not just the mandate, but the context in which you do it is uh, is addressed there. So I wouldn't say that that's not a part of what's, uh, what's there, but necessarily, I mean, you, you start getting into this idea that something offends you, which makes it hateful. Um, how would anybody ever be corrected um, to do better if mm. by virtue of being offended um, it is necessarily hateful. Now, I realize that uh, people will start to go, well, no, 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 what I mean is this, but w- we get into a very difficult place where we're like, if something hurts my feelings, then it's necessarily hateful, thus I, I won't hear it, you know? Um, I'm homeschooling my my daughter right now. She's a pre-K four, and so uh, we're homeschooling, and today we're going over reading and she got really frustrated as we were going through letters and she's forgetting you know uh what this letter sound makes in x y and z but like yeah i i love her so I'm, and i want her to be able to read so like <laughs> hey i'm gonna tell you at four years old like yeah there was a moment where she got frustrated and i got a little frustrated too and then we we're like let's take an apple br- uh break uh apple break. And, you know and then we'll come back to this in you know 10 minutes and you know we powered through but uh, she was definitely offended. I, uh, yeah. Clearly offended by the way I was uh, getting correcting frustrated her. and correcting her. Yeah. But it was for her good. Mm-hmm. And I think that even in the article, the, this is why when we talk about sin, it's it's important. And the issue of sin isn't even unique to uh, Christianity. Uh, almost every religion in some way, shape, or form deals with atonement in some way, shape, or form. Um, whether that is to the gods or to each other, but we know that there is wrong and there needs to be equity Mm -hmm. um, in the way that things are dealt with. So it's unavoidable that 
if you're if you truly love somebody, you will correct them, which means that your words will necessarily hurt. Um, when when Greta Thunberg said, "How dare you?" to the UN, was that hate speech? I mean, I depends on. Don't know. This. Would it it have necessarily been by all of these standards? Right, she was telling a group of people that they were doing something wrong by mm. the by this. She they were committing environmental capitalistic sins. Right, they were destroying the planet. They were destroying her future. Right. So anyway, I'm I'm, I'm using that to say, yeah, right. I think all kinds of other groups of people have sinned. Right. But let me say something that I think is going to be truly controversial. Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. In that article, even that that Finnish pastor said something like, "Well, actually, he's very nice too, and has great respect for people in the LGBTQ community." Yeah. Okay. The Bible doesn't talk like that. I actually think he's already capitulated in a way that is going to hurt his cause, and I think by it, being nice to people or? by using the phrase LGBT community, okay, because it is now looking at a group of people as as a way of being. Or using the phrase, you, thinking in terms of orientation. The Bible does not think of people in that way. The Bible does not talk about homosexuals. The Bible does not talk about heterosexuals. The Bible does not talk about transgender people. I mean, it just doesn't. Sure. I mean, if people want to incorporate those things in later, that's okay. But the issue is the Bible is concerned with what we do with our bodies. And, and if you look at the long history of the way in which uh, homosexual acts, again, I'll, I'll use that word, um, were sort of have been justified and championed and da 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 da. At some point, it the, the main justification and argument for it in the last fifty to hundred years or so is that this is who I am. Therefore, if you speak against it, that is why it is hate speech and Be harmful to me as a person. But yeah. Harmful to me as a person because you now you're denigrating my person, right? But if I were a heterosexual, don't like that word, adulterer, and someone said. You will not inherit the kingdom of God because Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 6. Yeah. Right? It, I would not have the right to turn around and go, wait a minute, that's, that's hate who speech. I am. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's a it's it's not a standard. The, this, the language itself is hmm. unbiblical, and I actually think that Christians need to stop playing on those terms. We need to start talking about the acts, A-C-T-S, oh. the, the acts in which people engage in. Paul did. Hmm. Paul, I think, argued, you know, very arguably talked about this is what these people are doing and this is why it is wrong. Um, but in the article, isn't it someone else saying about this guy no, that he, oh, it's him saying it. Let me let me read the quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, 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 you may be right. And actually, I do think this is an important point. I often so. am right, that is. Yes. And um, respectful to the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, like, I agree with, okay. Rossinen, who I think is a woman, I think she's a female member of Parliament, and right. the pastor, both have adamantly affirmed, quote, the divinely given dignity, value, and human rights of all. Of course, I agree with that. Yeah. Including all who identify with the LGBTQ community. So that's, that's in a quote. Yeah. So uh, what I'm saying is that, um, and again, I'm, I'm admitting that this would be highly controversial and this does not reflect anyone else at TOT or even on the planet Mac Earth. Mac and I should okay? just get up and walk, <laughs> yeah, slowly you, walk if, away. If, 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 <laughs> if you want to slap me, I won't be offended. But I do... Oh, I, who, comment but, now if you want me to slap what? Evan. Okay, no, but, but even within that community, there's disagreement, right? I mean, Sure. I mean, Which, by the way, Dave Chappelle talks about. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I mean... Got him in trouble. So I, I, we won't dwell on that. But I, but I do think that as Christians, we need to be clear in our speech... And because we are not trying to denigrate a human being, 
We right. actually really do believe that people are made in the image of God and have infinite value. We do believe that Jesus bled and died for them. We do believe that they that 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 God wants to redeem all people and all of that. All of that is true for all people, whatever they do with their body. Right. And so what we're saying is don't do that with your body. Yeah. Just like we would say to the adulterer, don't do that with your body. Well, it's kind of like the protected class of citizens, whether if you lump a bunch of people into something, whether it's LGBTQ or all the adulterers, like you, you hear about these these groups, like the incel groups that meet, and then they're like, we have rights. We're, you know, right. if you start making a special community that's like, then you define terms that way, then yes, you, it gets back to what we were saying earlier. You, you sort of start to carve out a space where certain things can't be said or done. So I guess... Technically, I probably agree with you, although I probably would use that same language because I'm trying to be winsome to the world around me. And right, right. It's a tricky Yeah, tricky I, 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 I agree. It's, it, it is very tricky. But I, I think it's important just to say, look, I'm, I'm not trying to attack your person. What I'm trying to do is defend biblical truth by saying these are the things that we ought to be doing. The, these are the ways that we honor God with our bodies. And it sort of removes this whole, the, these whole questions out of it that just aren't biblical. They're, they're, these are defenses that were just to, used to justify homosexual acts. Mac, you look like you're itching to say something. Are you? I'm, I'm, I'm stewing. You're just wondering. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm processing what you're saying. That's not, um, you know, I think I, I would ask, maybe push back slightly in where is this really starting place for entering into a conversation with somebody um, who's a part of the LGBTQ community. Um, you know, I, I don't think that... What, the it's not on a street corner with a sign? <laughs> no. But I, <laughs> I, I guess not. what I would say is I don't think that the fundamental problem with um, somebody is simply the way in which they manifest their rebellion against God. It's that they have sin mm. and are rebelling against God. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think the... You know, the the terminology, I don't know that I have a problem with engaging people um, where they are, how they how they view themselves. Identify themselves, yeah. As a as a starting point to have a greater conversation about your your true identity. And I think Mm -hmm. probably, you know, one of the the mistakes that the church has made over the last few decades has been emphasizing um the acts that like if you just do these things then we'll be good apart from a covenant relationship with the lord mm-hmm. you know and so uh, if somebody modifies their behavior but they still um don't understand god's love for them that they were made in his image and that he is the worthy and deserving of all their glory worship adoration um then it it doesn't get them any closer they're not any mm. they're not redeemed they're not uh in right, right relationship with god they're just doing good things here on earth and not that i think that's what you're trying to advocate but i don't know that uh using i mean even in the quote i mean uh and even when you're looking at dave Chappelle, in many ways this is a conversation about how these people view themselves and so so maybe I'm, start there I'm, yeah i can yeah. start there but i also know that um, there's a bigger picture of of why that falls short, and it's not just you know that you view yourself as fill in the blank. Mm. Um, it's it's that you are made in God's image, and mm-hmm. insofar as you are uh, not 
uh, in fellowship and relationship with him, then you're, you cannot truly be who you were created to create it to be. Um, okay, to hear more of those words, go to City Center and yeah. I know, right? find the Grimaldi's, go upstairs. Is, and... Yeah, exactly. Take the escalator. Don't go to the right and pay a lot of money for Eddie B's Steakhouse. Uh, come, <laughs> come to church for free on the left. There you go. Free church, you know, There you go. But... Uh, yeah. So yeah, that that I don't know that that and I think that gets lost at times um, in this whole debate is um, you know you we are not defined simply by um, a handful of things that we do per se. Um, well, it also that, brings back this idea that one of our listeners mentioned about the power of life and death is that you can speak truth mm-hmm. in a way that is, and I hate this term, but life-giving, only because people say, like, oh, this chai latte is life-giving, <laughs> which chai lattes are delicious. But, are you know, they? Yes. It's like a Christmas hug my, in your mouth. My wife would agree with you. but Yeah. Well, she sounds awesome. She is. Anyway, but move us on because we've got to yeah, get well, to let's, let's, do, let's yeah. go to the COVID-19 article. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we should talk about that. What's COVID-19? <laughs> oh, man. Immediately flagged. Yeah. I'm not going to answer that question because it, that might get us in trouble. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. What do you think? This is your uh, Yeah. Thing. So uh, th- this particular article I found is interesting. Um, in, a, in a series of articles um, that I, on this subject matter, they're interesting. Not so much about uh, COVID-19. But the kind of cultural fixation right now on misinformation mm-hmm. uh, or disinformation, and uh, maybe people need to work harder to define the difference between the two. Uh, but this particular arc- article is talking about um, the uh, the the way that COVID nineteen is making us change the way that we fight and address the issues. Um, as it pertains to disinformation, misinformation, um, even goes into how social media platforms are playing a key role mm-hmm. in this particular uh, fight and struggle um, and what this, you know, the greater danger that disinformation has for our society, um, which for me is an article that talks about things. But what I find fascinating um, is the presuppositions that kind of underline the conversation mm-hmm. of information and disinformation. In particular, um, since so many people live kind of a, a, a soft relativistic worldview, yeah. um, that truth in and of itself is subjective and relative, um, that, that that worldview in and of itself when it comes to like practical living is untenable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there actually are some things that are objectively true, and not only are they true, they can be known. Mm-hmm. And not only can they be known, but somebody is responsible for guarding and protecting that. Now, whether or not we think social media platforms and all the things that go with third-party fact-checkers and who's fact-checking the fact-checkers, all that kind of yeah. stuff, you can certainly get into that. But I just find it fascinating um, in a world where typically... We would say, live your own truth, whatever is true yeah. for you, move on, nothing's actually true, yada, yada, yada. We're like, actually, wait a minute, there are a couple of things that are true, yeah. and we need to figure out somebody should guard that truth, um, which might be ironic given what's happening in Finland. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, at, so that was kind of what piqued my interest as I was reading through this article and several articles now. If you notice, disinformation, misinformation is like this buzzword yeah, now for that's sure it going, is. Mm-hmm. and almost everybody uh, that I... I know um, and I'm friends with that would kind of view themselves to be um, in a more plural relativistic kind of worldview 
like her like nah this misinformation though like this it's is- fast it's <laughs> ironic right because <clears throat> if you really want to support uh postmodern relativism but then someone says something that's not the popular viewpoint like say somebody that doesn't want to get the covid shot um then it's like well you've given in to misinformation Meaning you don't have the truth, which to me sounds like you actually think there is an objective truth. So which way do you want it? Like there either is or there isn't. If there is, then let's, I mean, hope that the media is actually going to tell us what's true, which I think that ship sailed a little while ago. But um, that's what I've found to be interesting here, because I think I fall into the minority on the COVID thing. I am vaccinated, but I've been hesitant with my kids. And, um, and anytime I tell someone that they're like, oh, you've just, if I tell them like, I read this article, or I saw this video, they're like, well, that was misinformation. Like, right. cause it doesn't agree with you. <laughs> cause right. it was like a doctor who has like a doctor's credentials or whatever. So <laughs> I mean, no, but, but I, I it think, was that wacky doctor. Who, yeah. Right. You know. That's a misinformation doctor. Right. I thought what was really crazy or just, uh, piqued my interest is there's a portion on the article where they put like a little grid up to mm-hmm. help you know the difference between disinformation and misinformation. <laughs> And it's like to the extent that like disinformation is information that's intentional. Misinformation is that which is like accidental. Um, oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, and you like going on this whole spectrum trying to uh, determine, um, you know, uh, right from wrong. And it's just I can't think of a time prior to college for me um, in, you know, the the early part of my childhood, I don't think we we ever engaged with um, facts and truth in this kind of right. way. It's it seems like a relatively new um, way of engaging in things, and I do think it lends itself to disinformation. Misinformation is essentially that which people that I disagree with, yes, you know. Um, well, it uh, goes back to what you were saying earlier about intention. Like, if someone commits a crime against somebody, say of a different color. It almost doesn't matter if their intention was racist or not. They hurt somebody else, and that's the wrong thing. So it, the same thing kind of applies here. It's like if the information's wrong, we need to not be disseminating that, whether you're doing it to try to trick people or you're just not being thorough in your research. But is the answer in part, and this is what I think uh, for me I would say worries me, is, is, is a part of the answer that the information can't exist at all. Like – the censoring of it, where it, it no longer is allowed to be seen or read, um, does that mean like, like it, it, it's the idea that it exists is is I think what even frustrates people. Does that that what sense? exists censorship or no, the like idea in misinformation or disinformation? Yes. Like yes. the fact that it exists, so we're going to go out of our way to find a way to stamp it out and stop it mm-hmm. from uh, being existing or having access to. Um, and I, you know, I, I always find that it's always interesting. You go to the grocery store and you go to the checkout line and what do you see? Like tablets, mm-hmm. which are a mix of like a lot of not true things. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I never viewed the existence of say tablets that I don't read as like an assault necessarily on truth in and of itself. Yeah. Like, you know, like it can exist. And if people want to read it, I guess they could. But don't you think that's because you understand that most people know that's kind of silly? It's almost like there's so few people that actually believe it. It's how I used to think people thought about horoscopes. I'm like, most people don't believe in it. I've come to learn that lots of people do believe it's true. And so if if you found out that all of your friends and family actually believed all those tabloids, I think you would have a problem with them being out there. Because you'd be like, well, now you're going to live in fear of UFOs or whatever the thing is, right? 
But is the answer to, I, you know. I'm the, not pro I know, I realize okay. that. I just, I mean, like, the answer can't be, though, that uh, the way that you fight lies is by putting out more truth. truth. Right. Um, and so, it, you know, it, it's, it, it is a dangerous, uh, slippery slope. I feel yeah. like uh, Yoda in the prequels. Oh, boy. Which, I loved, but a lot of people didn't. Um, but I was also in middle school when The Phantom Menace came out, so I was all <laughs> about that. Um, but, you know, when they're trying to, you know, figure out how to deal with the turnover of the Emperor, like Yoda's all like, to a grave place, this line of reasoning brings us, careful we must be, and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not going to do the Yoda <laughs> voice, but I feel like that when we start having these conversations. So it's like social media. Um, so uh, does media... The um, what role does media play as well as uh, news outlets play in these things? Um, is an, an algorithm's job to you yeah. know look at particular buzzwords to do um, X, Y, and Z? And you know it's interesting too, since even at this table um, we have three different denominations represented, mm-hmm. um, which at times would you know we would disagree yeah. on particular theological issues. Um, is the existence of a differing viewpoint, like uh, that slippery slope, fine line between misinformation, disinformation, mm-hmm. um, uh, do, does the existence of a differing viewpoint, you know, cause a problem? Or uh, does that allow for greater discussion as we yeah, man. with with uh, whatever the issue is of the day? So um, can I can I get four examples of misinformation that are not misinformation? Sure. Okay, sure. Okay. Let's see. Um, it was... Uh, it, it, early on, if you said that this came out of the Wuhan lab, the virology lab okay. in Wuhan, where this all started, you, oh, no, that was crazy. That was a conspiracy theory. So the Lancet came out with this journal, signed by all kinds of people who had a lot to uh, cover up if it did come out of that lab, um, saying, no, 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 this definitely came from nature. It mm-hmm. came from a bat, some kind of wet market, came from a cave a thousand miles away, blah, 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 blah. And now pretty much everyone understands yeah. it came from the lab. Okay. Right. It was a lab escape. Okay. Um, Because it's one of only three places in the world and the only one in, like, uh, not America that studies coronaviruses and how to, like, you know, give them more importance. So that seems pretty obvious. So that would be one piece of information that now is just was once categorized misinformation. Uh, People said, gosh, you know, this this vaccine is kind of leaky, technical term, and you're probably going to (laughs) need boosters before long. Can't say that. That's scaremongering. That's fear-mongering. We need boosters, okay? Um, herd immunity. Oh, the the vaccine will create inoculation. We'll get to herd immunity if enough people are vaccinated. Hasn't happened in any country with like near 100% vaccination, yeah. 80% vaccination. Fauci himself said 50% vaccination gets to herd immunity. 75%, 80%. They kept changing the number. It's it's like when Jesus the, is going to come back with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just keep changing it. All and right. then, uh, no, there, there, are no uh, there are no adverse reactions from the vaccine. Oh, no, actually, there are. There are actually quite a bit of them. So the point is that the information, because we're in the middle of the situation, the information is changing. So how dare these people, how, I'm Greta Thunberg now, how dare them (laughs) um, decide what is misinformation or not? It's almost as if there is some kind of Oh boy, here we go. Concentrated campaign to use this particular event for, for certain ends. It's almost like that is the case. I mean, I would never say that. But it, but but <laughs> okay. the but the fact that, you know, you have information that is that is deemed misinformation with deleterious consequences like Alex Berenson no longer being on Twitter, Alex Kirch no longer being like reporters who are 
who are literally quoting facts from the VAERS database or the CDC are kicked off Twitter. Happens all the time. That is creepy and weird, and people should be disturbed about that. Yeah, I, I, I would say I think the question even within that ultimately lies with who should be responsible um, if we were going to say that uh, there should be a concerted fight, coordinated fight against disinformation, misinformation, mm-hmm. um, then who is in charge of uh, being the bearer of truth? Um, and, you know, does that rest with the state? Does that rest with media? Does that rest with tech? Or do you need it to be a plurality to uh, protect it? Would it would it matter? You know, like... Um, the, do you want to cede that much power to someone else? Who you know, yeah. like, um, and who is best suited for that? You know, when we, uh, like I said, I, 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 I pull out the side that social media plays because in all the examples that you listed off, um, those were all things that either got your post taken down or were flagged. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. um, with a link to, and you see this now with any subject where mm-hmm. it's like misinformation. Yep. Like, there's a link to a fact check. Or a website, or you know, more information about X, Y, and Z, and information is is you know always expanding, and our understanding of the world Mm -hmm. is always changing. Um, Who uh, are we okay with? um, Let's say a tech company being responsible for guarding what is (laughs) true. Um, No, I'm not comfortable with the CDC doing that. I'm not comfortable with the FDA doing that. And that might make you a part of the more. you know, naturally uh, revolutionary towards, you know, <laughs> authority or big big government type side of society. Um, but it's just, it's a, it, I think it's a fundamentally important question before we go too far down. Uh, well, why, why didn't they, I mean, the question must be asked, why did, why did, why now? Why, what, ha, what is different about this? I mean, you said like 10, 20 years ago, like mm-hmm. we didn't do these sorts of things. Why are we doing it now? Why are countries shutting down for the first time ever? Why are lockdowns happening? Why are forced vac- vac- vaccines happening? What What is different about this disease? The difference isn't worse than any other one. In fact, it's very safe for most people. Um, you know, basically it's a over... For, for anyway, I don't, y'all, y'all know the stats, but what 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 has changed? If you if we answer that question, then I think that everything else will fall into place, and so that this whole misinformation disinformation campaign is it itself part of the strategy. It would seem right because like so you mentioned earlier, Mac, that the fact that there's three different denominations, we would disagree about some things like maybe baptism or end time stuff or whatever. Sure, things that we would say are sort of secondary but still important. But the difference is that we have a trustworthy source that we can go back to and we can say, like, I look at the Bible and I read this and it seems to say this. You look at that same Bible and you say, well, it seems like it says this. And you do the same thing in triplicate, right? And we may come away with different ideas, but we have a source that we can go to. With this kind of thing, I don't even know what the source is. And that's kind of what you're talking about. There's no trustworthy, like, one, okay, listen, let's just strip it all down unless I... I'm equipped to like look into a microscope and know what I'm looking at and I don't have a, you know, biochemical or whatever degree. There's there's no trustworthy source. So now I'm trying to get a plurality of sources, like five or six people and these seem to agree and these people seem smart and that person seems like a hack, so I guess that's an anomaly. <laughs> and it's like a whole dance I'm trying to do to figure out what's true, which is scary. So let let me let me ask it like this. Sure. If the FDA in playing a role in, in, in getting medicine through its process, actually got money, actually made money 
all, uh, because it was a, a considered one of the patent holders of a drug. Would you think that that was skewing things unethical, or would make them less of a trustworthy source in 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 putting forth safety studies and so forth on the very drugs that it's making money off of? If it actually makes money off of drugs that it approves, would you think that that would call into question its veracity as a trustworthy source? That source that we would go to. Yes. I I think yeah I think I would want to know that right to, through to, uh, to I'll just process. say hypothetically yeah, yeah. hypothetically I would yeah. want to yeah. know that it doesn't mean that I won't listen to what you have to say but if you don't right. tell me that going into it that would probably some extra information would be yeah, helpful yeah that would that yeah. would be necessary um, in breed greater trust so we we that that might be something hypothetically we would all want to know you know <laughs> research yes. like does does the, actually the FDA get the Kick majority of its kinda. funding from pharmaceutical companies. So if that were the case, I might be shocked to learn that because I might be in a position where I said, wait a minute, I thought this was a third party taxpayer funded source whose sole job was to be objective in telling me whether medicine was safe or not. I'll give you another example of misinformation. Okay. Um, So he came ready. Yeah. Well, well, I think that vague language is a source of misinformation mm, as well, okay, right? Yeah. It's way people... In the church too, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. It's way people hedge their bets. So there was a... There, my mom showed me something. It was a it was a newspaper article about how, hey, it's so great. We can vaccinate our 5 to 11-year-old kids now. FDA says it's great to do. And this guy, as it happened, he would, like worked for Pfizer on the like vaccine rollout plan or something like that. But he was a medical doctor. And the language he used was entirely vague. Right. He said the vaccine is mostly safe for blah, blah, blah. Well, what does that mean? What is you tell me what the Paint word picture tell for me, me what the yeah. word most means and then we can continue <laughs> the conversation. Because most could be fifty one percent. It that could is. be ninety nine percent. It could be seventy five percent. But you know, if I'm putting my kid in, you know, if I'm giving them a shot, I, I want it to be like, you know, I don't know, well over ninety nine percent or something like that. So what do you mean by most? Why would you bother writing an article selling me on giving my kid a shot if the, the most scientific word you can pull out of your butt <clears throat> is most? Well, to, to, to me, that's misinformation. You know what I mean? Well, I, I do think that the concept of language and how we use it definitely plays into things. And the only thing that I would say is I, I don't think – and even when – this is technically my art. Well, not technically. This yeah, you had brought article. this to the table. Yeah, I brought yeah. this up. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I, what have you I, done? I don't, yeah. I don't think that it's just about like a pandemic or things like that. I think sure. that oh, what I sure. see is an ongoing discussion from subject to subject mm-hmm. – uh, it really doesn't matter what it is now, um, where the issue of misinformation, disinformation, like plays a part. Um, and, and what I think becomes so fascinating to me, even within that is that like, uh, you, you have kids, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody at the table has kids right mm-hmm. now. I've got three of them with a fourth on the way. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. And they're all young, six, four, two. And then, you know, February comes number four. So when my kids, I hear fighting. You know, of that noise that's... Yeah, uh-huh. we that, all hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Cringes. So I come downstairs or, oh, you know, it's better when I don't get there. One of the kids comes to me yeah. and they tell me what just happened. They're crying. Um, I see where the sermon illustration is going. Nine times out of ten, uh, the first version of what I heard is not accurately what, what? happened in this place. It's a, there's a portion of it that's sure. true, but it does not contain the entire full scope of what's going on. <laughs> Um, and, uh, especially with my third, he's the, he's, 
He's the one that passionately lies at two years old. Just like oh, I can so watch disinformation. Yeah, I can literally watch him like hit his sister in the face and be like, "Why'd you do that?" He's like, "I didn't do it, Dad." Woo! Like, he lies. Let's go back to talking about sin. In exactly the heart. right. Yeah. So, uh, but so what requires me over time is to get more information to yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, to have a greater understanding of what's really going on. And it's when I get all three of my kids to give me their version of the story. And I'm able to kind of piece things together. I but think like th- if you had a video in that room, that'd be even better, right? It, it would. But it also wouldn't be perfect. Okay. Because they could be fake. Because well, deep fake. well, it's not even a deep fake. This is the one thing that I will say that I, I find this interesting, especially when you talk about like uh police shootings and things like that. Yeah. Videotape. Yeah, there's angles. context. Oh uh, well, as an avid sports fan, um, I think that Anybody who watches sports would know that having instant replay doesn't lead to yeah, uh, right. a unity in belief on what took place 100% of the time. Mm. Um, even in slow-mo. Even, even in slow-mo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you freeze at this moment and yeah. you enhance something super whatever. It it doesn't lead to um, whether, you know, you sit there, you take Michael Jordan's uh, final shot in the finals. Uh, did he push Brian Russell or not? Um, people that love Jordan, like... No, he didn't. Everybody else, like, man, clearly he put his hand on his hip and he flew. And people are like, no, he was already off balance. And you see this all the time in sports uh, about it. So I don't know that having a videotape would 100% of the time resolve. More often than not, it would. Oh, I wasn't (laughs) saying it would resolve it. It would add more. It would matter more to context. And I'm I'm just saying, what's the version of that in the realm that we're talking about? Exactly. I don't know. What is your answer? Well, You asked the question. Do you have an answer? Well, I don't don't know. Who should be the keeper of the ring, as it were? Well, I mean, I so I typically so full context uh, to to me. I, I would say that these kinds of conversations uh, always make me uncomfortable, um, just from a background standpoint. You know, uh, my mom is from Haiti. My mom and dad were, you know, I'm first generation. Me and my brother were born here. What, however you call that, first second, can't remember. <laughs> um, but we were born here. But my mom. Uh, gives me uh, detailed descriptions on a regular basis growing up as a kid and even now as adults on what it was like growing up under a dictator. Hmm. And so, um, like, I have a knee-jerk reaction that just kind of, whenever we try to put that kind of control into somebody else's hands. I just, I have a, you know, I didn't live under it, but I hear the stories. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, I, I'm always I always take a pause for that. Yeah. That being said, um, uh, I also think that even when we have this discussion, how many times is the line of misinformation, disinformation um, uh, centered around who is able to push the first narrative? Mm-hmm. And it's the once, eldest child. Usually. Once that once that line comes out, we are unwilling to update our picture of what is actually It's a primacy effect. Yeah. yeah, and it's wild because we don't do this anywhere else like in our practical living, but mm-hmm. it wholly comes through what happens on social media and news and mm-hmm. things like that and the way that we interpret kind of these big picture things. But all of us that have kids or have dealt with children will go, man, I'm not going to believe the first thing that yeah. you just say. Yeah, yeah. I w- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to question everybody, you know, like yeah. what really happened here. And I think in I, probably what, I, what I'm sensing frustrates you even in this uh, conversation about the pandemic is um, the inability to ask questions once the official – 
like yeah, first party one. line, yeah. party line, whatever that is, comes out. Like, is it okay to question that, or is the idea that you even have a question a byproduct of the disinformation that you have yeah. absorbed? You know, um, and I think that that is in and of itself uh, uh, problematic. Um, if I, something I, is I, true, yeah. you should be able to ask questions. Yeah, I do think that there is a. The beauty of Christianity and a Christian culture, to the extent that one can exist, is that there is a pursuit of truth, that, mm-hmm. that we actually pursue it, even though there is a cost. There is a cost to our ego. There is a cost to us financially. I mean, when you follow Jesus, you are following the truth, and there will be costs, and you know that from the outset if you're doing it correctly, and so that's going to apply to all other areas of life as well. Um, in cultures that do not have truth as a preeminent value, okay, that have power or money, uh, as preeminent values, for example, they're very they're very different. They they operate very differently at a granular level. Did did either one of y'all see the um, HBO series Chernobyl? Yeah. Okay. I started it. Yeah. Um, you should so, finish it. Yeah. So it's really it's, an, it's 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 really an exploration of truth. Yeah. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And 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 why did this happen? Well, because the person below didn't want to have to report bad news up. Because mm-hmm. you don't get promoted if you say bad things to the guy above you. So you lie. And it's just this process of covering up all the way down mm-hmm. so that no one can tell the truth. The system is designed to lie. The system is designed to cheat. The system is de- designed to steal. That is how the system is because truth is not a preeminent value. Um, and so increasingly, those who run our world are not Christian. Mm-hmm. They are not Christian. Uh, The people who run universities are not Christian. The people who run media are not Christian. The people who run our government are not Christian. Um, The people who make our movies are not Christian. I'm not saying they're all Masonic Satanists, but maybe they are. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Um, Evan. (laughs) You know, I'm still working on that uh, theory. Wow. Um, Find us next month on Around the Blackboard. Come on, sense of humor, people. Come on. Um, But but they are not open Christians. I mean, they are not. And so, therefore, there is no reason for them to believe that they hold truth as a preeminent value. Yeah. Even when they talk about misinformation or disinformation, in, in, in what context? So we really are getting to a point, I do think, where... It is getting harder to trust whether people we used to hold hold forth as trustworthy. That goes from news anchors to pastors. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. to be honest, are, are actually really committed to truth and really committed to the costs of it. I don't think as many of us are anymore, and I think there's a cost to that. So, so do we need an underground media as well as underground church? I think we have one. I think the internet <gasps> has democratized dun, dun, dun. media in many respects, and that has created the echo chamber media that we have. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, um, but yeah, I think I, I think I mean if you look at what your average person thinks of the media, it's like what 10 percent <laughs> approval rating. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and it, I mean, how many people watch CNN on a nightly basis? Eight hundred thousand people out of three hundred million. You so so it's it's I do I I think we already have that, but. We are for sure out of time. We're definitely out of time. <laughs> yeah. But Mac Gervais, uh, West, give it the website again. CityWest.Church. Thank you. And MDPC, all kinds of fun events. Yeah. Sarah's hosting you can just find me on Facebook. But more importantly, HoustonTOT.com. And a couple of things we have coming up. One, if you go to our Facebook page, we've got some fun merch for sale for Christmas. You know how everyone wants a... Theology on Tap t-shirt for Christmas. So uh, check that out. And then December 14th is our next live event in Midtown. You can find all those details, of course, on HoustonTOT.com. But it is Merry Christmas, you filthy heretic. Old heresies and why they still matter. So come to find out if you are a heretic or not. 
or if the people on the panel are. I think we're going to figure out which way Evan is a heretic. Uh, yeah. And maybe me. But 100%. I am certainly not one. <laughs> anyway. Well, we're going to go. Thanks so much for watching. Until next time, we encourage you to question freely, think deeply, and disagree as needed.